We are here for the second installment, Our Snowy Night by Ella Good. We're going to talk about all her good stuff in just a few minutes. But before then, we've got lady listener emails. <laughs> we got a few of them, so let's go through them. The one on top caught me because it's entitled Mariana Zapata, who I wanted to mention, I took that book to Mexico with me. I purposely bought the paperback mm-hmm. so I could read it on the beach. I didn't open it. I didn't open my kindle app i didn't open my laptop i it was an actual brain vacation because i didn't even think about a book and a lot of times when i'm away on vacation i'll think about other story and i'm like oh that's a cute idea i purposely the one morning i got up it was like eight o'clock in the morning i go down and like i get a chair and i get in the pool and there's nobody there it's like this infinity edge pool and i just lay on my back and, and I was like, oh, I should think about a book. And I was like, nope, nope, I'm not going to do that. I was like, I'm going to clear my brain and be in this moment. Yeah. And it was so great. It was awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was perfect. So anyways, I haven't read her new one, Gracie and the Grump. She did say the other day that it's an audio production right now. So I may wait until that. Probably going to be a while. Because the thing was like 600 pages. It was massive. I love it. Love it. All right, this was entitled Mariana Zapata and Toys Discussion. First of all, I love your podcast. It's the highlight of my week. I emailed you once recommending Mariana Zapata's Lingus book. Well, actually, I recommended all of her books, but Lingus, Lingus was the one I emailed about. Now, during today's podcast, I learned that you're already a fan. That makes me so happy. I discovered her on a 99 cent Kendall whim, and within a month, I had read everything she had. Like I've been late to work because I was reading. So thank you for spreading the word on her awesome books. I also discovered Alexa Riley, (laughs) which led to other great authors. Thank you all. During today's episode, you mentioned sex toys and one where you can make a penis model. And I remembered a book that had one. It's where you can make a penis model. Getting Her Back by Penny Wilder. He is wooing his ex and sends her his, oh, it's like a mold of his penis mm-hmm. to keep her company while he's on a business trip. You should check it out. There you go. Thank you for all you do. I truly appreciate the joy of your books and podcasts bring my de- bring to my days. Respectfully, she says her name, but I won't mention it. P.S. I'm one of those oddballs who does not Facebook or Instagram. I know, I know. But at this point, holding out has become a weird sense of pride. Like when you clear out your DVR. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. It is a weird sense of pride when you're like, no, I don't have social media. That's fucking weird. But I love what, it. What made me think of when you said that, I just Googled Penny Wilde and she hasn't had a book in like since February. Really? Penny Wilder? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because wow. when you said the name, I was like, God, I haven't seen her stuff in a while. Yeah, true. Uh, so, yeah, that one was called Getting Her Back. So, make sure you check. So, I think that's really cool. Like, he gave her a mold of his penis. It's kind of hot. 
<laughs> I love it. Oh, and I wanted to mention too, when she was talking about Mariana Zapata, she has like books on sale and stuff sometimes just randomly. It'll be like 99 cents for one of her books. So, but that's exactly what happened to me. I mean, I just have, I just finally grabbed one of her books. It was an audio sale and I got it. And then within a month, yes, I had read everything she had written. And I will say though, Lingus, probably one of my least favorites. So, but still good. Still read it. Still would recommend it. <laughs> yeah, right. but it's different when it's on this. Sometimes, mm-hmm. see, that's where I think things are, can get weird because I think we've talked about this before. Because, like, okay, let's use Aurora Rose. I know she wouldn't get okay. offended by this. Some of her books are my all-time favorite. Like, I love them. And some of them are just okay to me. But if you were to take her name off the book that was just okay to me mm-hmm. and put a random person's name on it, I I'm bet sorry. you I'd be like, oh, this is great. I yep. a new author. No, I totally agree with you. Because so you're holding not- her to a higher standard. I get it. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's not how that I feel it's, about Miriam Zapata. Yeah, it's not that it's not still like in uh-huh. the world of books, it's still a five star. But yep. I'm talking yep. about this Compared author Compared to her whole yeah. body of work. Yes. I'm only I'm starring her on mm-hmm. her own name only. I'm yes. not starring her across uh-huh. the book world. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about Miranda Sapati, where she's like up here, like all of her books are up here, but there's different levels up here, you know, mm-hmm. for all of her books. <laughs> yeah. So like even my least favorite of hers, I still liked than more than half the books I read last year. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So you know, I totally get that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, this one's entitled Sleepover Story. And if I have not said this lately, send me motherfucking sleepover stories. I love this shit. I think I'm living vicariously through the people who have had sleepover stories. <laughs> okay, my sleepover's party story isn't actually mine, but it had a direct effect on me. So roll with it. For my brother's birthday one year, I think like 12 or 13, he had a bunch of his buddies over for a sleepover. This is going to get good. My dad took them to the video store. Remember those? And let them pick out some movies. One was Duran Duran concert video. Or so my dad thought. Around 1 a.m., my parents hear one of the boys say, holy shit, rewind that and play it again. Immediately suspicious, my dad goes in to check up on them. Turned out they had gotten the uncensored uncensored version of Girls on Film by Duran Duran, which is just shy of being porn. My dad had then, my dad had to then call all the parents of the kids and explain why they had now seen nearly naked women mud wrestling. I want to see what this What a now. snitch. <laughs> I know, what a fucking snitch. <laughs> Why'd you pretend you didn't see shit? You didn't see shit. Go back to bed. You didn't see shit. <laughs> As a result of this incident, my dad then pre, then my dad, then pre-screened every single movie any of us tried to rent until we turned 18. He literally sat and fast-forwarded through movies to make sure there was no sex or nudity, which explains oh why. Which explains Way to why. make it shameful. I know, right? It says, which explains why I got to see Swingers at 16. No nudity, tons of swearing, but couldn't see mall rats until I turned 18. Three nipple, three nipple fortune teller. What? Here's a link to the video so you can laugh along with me. Oh my God, she put the link. Feel free to use my name so my brother can be embarrassed by the story all these years later. 
Brandy Ayers. I'm first and last name. I'm calling you out. Smart, sexy stories to make you sweat. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I can't believe he's stiff. I know. And I yeah, always like, wanted to do some sneaky things and she'll start to tell me and I say, I don't want to know. <laughs> or she'll ask me for something. One time mm -hmm. she asked me for a gummy and I was like, I am not giving you that. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to go in the other room because I got to pee. <laughs> Like a like a edible. Yeah, she wanted oh, okay. to try yeah. one because I remember all the kids are smoking pots. She's like, I want to try this. I was like, I'm not giving you an edible. Get out of here. Mm -hmm. I said, but I gotta go pee. <laughs> That's yeah, my role. I'm not giving you shit. I'm not giving you liquor. I'm not being a part of it. Mm -hmm. Did you acquire it somehow? That's <laughs> on you. My um my brother actually was talking about this the other day. He was like, oh, by the way, so my nephew, who's 15, he was like, so how about, you know, my nephew, I don't want to say his name just in case they don't want that revealed. <laughs> they were like, how about he was talking about when we were at the beach in July. He was like, yeah, somebody left like, um, or he thought it was my dad. He was like, yeah, Papa left like his weed out. He's like, I'm not saying I did it. But I'm just saying somebody may have, you know, and my brother was like, then I had to have a discussion about him and about my father leaving out his marijuana. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that was mine. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we're weird. I just told them, Rob and I have talked about it. I said, they're going to the, I'm not dumb. They go in their parties where they are, there's weed and there's drinking. And I said, you know, I know she went to Italy and she got drunk because she called me. Yeah. But it's legal there, whatever. I said, but to be honest with you, the first time she tries an edible or has a couple of cocktails, I would prefer her to do it here in mm -hmm. front of me so yeah. that she understands her tolerance level. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get it. I mean, like, I get because they're going to go out and do it. Have a safe environment to do it. Yeah, because they're going to do it. So I want you to understand what it feels like and what is going to happen in a safe place before mm -hmm. you go out there and do it. Because I know you're asking to go out there and do it. You know, it was funny. I was there. You know, we were at the beach with my niece and my sister and I. Or no, we were in Disney and we, my sister and I were with my niece and we were like, oh, it was breakfast time. Well, let's get a mimosa. And we got one and I like turned to Audrey, my, my niece. And I was like, I was like, take it. This is a mimosa. And she's like, I'm not supposed to drink this. And I was like, and like her dad walks up right then. And I was like, we're giving her a mimosa. And he was like, what kind of father would I be if I said okay to that? But he was like, and what kind of aunt would you be if you listened to me? And then he just walks away. That's exactly what I meant like, with the edible. Okay, I'm like, that's, I don't give like, a shit. Mm -hmm. I'll see you later. I know, right? <laughs> like, yeah. But I was like, yeah. Well, you know. know, the first time I actually got drunk, like I had had alcohol before. The first time I actually got drunk, I was at my my parents. And they were having a party. My aunts were there. And they get, my aunts gave me a bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. It was a bottle of like, um, Oh, it was like the blush rosé or whatever. It was like that. And it was so sweet. And I just drank the whole thing. And they I was would, so We had that rule. When we went to the lake house, the kids, yeah. as long as you were 16 like, and up, you could drink at the lake house. Mm -hmm. 
We the lake house didn't set on the lake. That let's be clear there. <laughs> you had to drive to the lake. The yeah. lake house wasn't on. So you were allowed to partake with the adults yeah. in the drinking if you were there. I think I was probably 17 or 18. I don't know. I graduated when I was 17, so I could have been out of high school. But we did. I sat down and I think me and Isabel had a conversation. I said I wanted to have a conversation to her with her about drugs. Have we talked about that? Mm -hmm. I think so, yeah. That I told her that, you know, it's one thing to do weed. It's one Mm -hmm. thing to want to try shrooms or ecstasy. Mm -hmm. But you don't take random pills from people. You never do. There's certain drugs you don't fuck with period mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. i was like and you've got to understand that and i'm i know you're going to be offered some of these things mm-hmm. and you're going to want to do them you're probably i don't know is that being too proactive i'm like you're going to go to college and but there's just certain ones you cannot touch because it can spiral yeah i think that's a really slippery slope with some of the harder drugs yeah i was but like you know one thing with your girlfriends and you guys are hanging out and you decide you want to do shrooms in the basement mm-hmm. or you try ecstasy because I tried ecstasy in a small party when I was younger but it was in a safe spot mm-hmm. I said but you can't go out and do even cocaine I feel like is this very slippery slope I yeah. told her yeah I said don't be taking pills from people and mm-hmm. shit you can't touch anything the heroin the meth the yeah. anything it, that's it's just a period off the table kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah i mean you know like i don't it's know. like i want to i don't know it's yeah, weird it's i want to have a safe a hard conversation. Drug yeah. conversation with her like i know, I know these things are going to happen i know you're going to want to play with them so i want to open up the table that we can talk about it to a degree mm-hmm to be you know like, what though? Oh. We asked for lady listeners to send in stuff about, you know, having these conversations with your kids about sex and consent and the best way to do it and not a shameful way. If anybody has a suggestion on this, the drug conversation as well, I'm willing to listen. So mm-hmm. if you have had this conversation, if you are aware of a, a better way to do this, let us know because, you know, Again, Mel and I are new at this, you know, with navigating these waters with They're, our kids. Yeah, she's so, just yeah. she's hitting seventeen. They're going mm-hmm. to parties now, and mm-hmm. it would be naive of me to think that these things aren't happening. Yeah, it's just to what extent. But I've always said there's a time and place for hallucinogens, and it's called college. I so, told her, <laughs> and I actually I told her my story. I said I said the time I did I did mushrooms, and this is how I did it. The time I did ecstasy, we made sure one person was sober in the room. Mm-hmm. I said we were always responsible about it. Mm-hmm. I said you have to be responsible. Yeah. But this was like when I was in my early twenties. We yeah. were doing that. Mm-hmm. We only did it a few times, but I don't even think she like drugs. She don't like being out of control. Yeah. Yeah. But. Still, I mean, it's like you want to have the conversation to a degree Mm -hmm. and you want them to be able to call you. You know, this bitch called me Saturday night at 1230. Oh, my God. So my phone rings. I'm literally peeing and I look down. It's Isabel. And I my first thought, I was like, oh, my God, this bitch is drunk somewhere. Oh, no. And I answer the phone. I'm like, what's up? Mm -hmm. And she's like, I like my keys in the car. Oh, my God. Stop. (laughs) 
So what'd so, she do? You had to go out there and give them to her? No, we have AAA. They had to go handle uh, okay. it. Because <laughs> she was out in Cameron at her girlfriend's house, which is even more country than me. That's like 30 minutes north of me. Shit. That's how country There ain't are. nothing out there. Mm-mm. All um, right. This one's entitled Discussions, Movie Love Scenes Plus Weird Words. Hey, leading ladies. Leading ladies, okay. Huge fans of the podcast. I have discovered so many new authors because of you, and I thank you for that. And last week's podcast, this is an email from 2019, so before a pandemic. Um, uh, in last week's podcast, you discussed favorite love scenes in movies. One of the hottest scenes I've seen was in the movie The Big Easy with Dennis Quaid and Ellen Barkin. Have you seen that one? I think I have. Yeah, that. It, it, a long time. Sounds it sounds really, right, yeah, familiar. really familiar. The Big Easy. It's a 1986 movie, but to this day, I still find it hot. Regarding your discussion about words that discussed, mine is entrepreneur. I hate that word. It feels weird in my throat. Ick. As for words that are like nails on a chalkboard, I have to go with demure. It drives me nuts. Screw you, Nicholas Sparks. He uses it all the time. In my 39 years, I have never once used or heard a real person use it. Demure. Oh, and your discussion about the show Taboo and the scene with Tom Hardy where he walks in and demands his sister strips. So hot. I wouldn't be mad if I read something similar in an upcoming Alexa Riley. <laughs> Thank you for bringing joy to my day. Just say, okay. Um, that fucking show i really wish they would have made i think they only had the one or two seasons with taboo mm-hmm. god it was so fucking hot that was so hot jesus christ they needed more of that but yeah the one Dennis quaid though the big easy i think i've seen that god it's the pictures so look really romantic when i pulled up the movie just now well now the i need to watch it romantic. i love a good old movie like that from the 80s yeah how about sweet so Abby Knox and I got a cabin a couple months ago just to have like a little writer's weekend. And it's nice because we go up and we talk a lot about books and it's like we both know where we're coming from because a lot of times when you talk to people about books, they're not on the same page as you, especially if you're a writer, you know, you're a self-published author who writes like we do that publishes as frequent as we do. That's sort of a, that's sort of a niche thing with authors. You know, you don't get a lot of people that you can talk to all the time to do that. So anyways, we had gone for our little writer's retreat weekend together and in the cabin, they had like Roku. And so I pulled up a movie and it was the mirror has two faces and it was the one with Barbara Streisand and um, Jeff Bridges. And Abby had never seen it. And I was like, you've never seen this movie? And she's like, I've never no. even heard of it. It is one of the best romances. Really? So Because he's, Jeff Bridges is like a brilliant genius in this. And she's kind of like a frumpy professor. But she, like her, she teaches like about sex and love and relationships. And he teaches like mathematics. So like, but he has always been like, when he meets a beautiful woman, he loses his mind and he doesn't know how to control himself. So what he does is he puts an ad in a paper that he wants a wife that is just a companion, that it's not sexual whatsoever, that they're just best friends, that they don't ever like consummate the marriage. And so her sister 
applies as her and they mm-hmm. go on a date and it's like they have so much in common and they become best friends and they do they get married and they live together and eventually over time she falls in love and he falls in love but it's like he's afraid to be intimate with her because he's afraid it'll ruin it it'll mm-hmm. ruin like this beautiful friendship and so she's like well i'm gonna kind of like seduce them and so she tries to and he gets really upset and he like freaks out and he's like, I can't do this. And she gets so hurt and like yeah. he's rejected. And it is so like it's kind of heartbreaking. But he realizes when she's gone, he goes fucking nuts when she's gone. He's like, I can't breathe without her. And he's like losing his mind. Aww. And so like the grovel to get her back is so good. Like it's heartbreaking the scene when he like kind of rejects her because he's like, I can't do this. I don't want to do this because he doesn't want to risk losing her. But yeah. in the end he's he does and then he realizes what he's lost. And there's this big, beautiful moment at the end where he like comes and he's like outside her building, like screaming for her, like you know, I love you. I can't live without you. And like, she comes down and they dance in the street. And it's like, oh, like, this after- reminds me of that. I know I've talked about it before the book, The Do Over, where he, she has this guy, she's a lawyer, and this other guy is a famous writer. And she said, I'll get you this story if you help me fall. If you can get me and your best friend, who's another lawyer, she thinks that they would be a great match. Okay. But she's kind of frumpy. Mm hmm. And he's a huge playboy. Like, even when they're mm-hmm. out to dinner and she's eating hot wings, she's kind of a mess. He's, yeah. like, going to take the waitress. I mean, he does. It's not a safe book. Oh, shit. She does. She has no interest in him. Yeah. Like, she's like, so you want to do this? Will you help me? And he's uh-huh. like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And then in the book, he slowly starts to fall for her. Like, he's oh, like, shit. she's got the prettiest eyes I've ever seen. And then he doesn't realize that, that he stops sleeping with other people. Mm-hmm. And then she's a virgin. And he's like, well, don't you think you want to learn about sex before? And he's like, <laughs> don't well, you let's make it clear. <laughs> he was like, we're going to make it clear that we don't sleep with other people. Like, he lays that line down. And she's, like, <laughs> she's like, okay, all right, fine. So it's so... You don't get mad that at the beginning he's this man who yeah, yeah. he's not even on the radar. And now mm-hmm. he's having to suffer mm-hmm. teaching her. He's taking her to events to his her, his best friend for mm-hmm. her to flirt with him. Yeah. And he's got to like watch it. Oh, and he's that. like falling in love with her. Oh, I love that. I love men in pain. <laughs> You want to know the best part? It's kind of a spoiler. What brings them back together? Sure. Ice cream. Oh my God. I love it. (laughs) It's because at the beginning, like a whole thing Mm -hmm. unfolds and at the very end, something happens and he has fallen in such love with her. He knows all of her details Mm -hmm. and he knew something she would need after something happened. Mm -hmm. And it was just there. Like he did it. And he was, she was like, okay. Oh, I love that. It's called the Dover. Who's it by? I'll have to look it up. I'll put it okay. in the show notes. Okay. All right. It's such okay. a, I know, like I said, it's not a safe no. book, but it yeah. doesn't, I was not mad because mm-hmm. he was the one that ended up being like miserable. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why I love the mirror has two faces so much mm-hmm. because it's like, even though they you know he kind of like i say kind of rejects her he does he realizes once she's gone how much he fucked up 
Yeah. And how he's like, I, I, I should have never done this. Like, and I should have never has, gone into it. They have a space break in the do-over. And he doesn't mm-hmm. touch anybody. Before, yeah. he was like a giant man whore. He's mm-hmm. like not into anybody. It was just so cute to see him like slowly fall for this woman and be like mm-hmm. obsessed with her. And she just doesn't even acknowledge him or acknowledge him in that way. She's like, yeah. we're like best friends. I love it. And he's like, no, we're not. <laughs> You know, after we watched the movie, Abby Knox was like, I will trust you from now on with movies. Because she was like, "This, that was it. That was the." I was like, see, I could watch that movie and write 10 books about it because it's just like, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. That kind of like, like you're talking about, you know, that realization and then the heartache and the suffering. <laughs> like, that's the best. Yeah. <laughs> oh I love God. a good grovel. Love it. God, I love a good grovel. All right, let's talk about Ella Good. We've got our snowy night. We're going to play the second installment for you in just a second. Um, I just want to remind you to check out, um, well, speaking of married romances, that's what you're about to listen to the second half. Um, this book connects to Oh Snowy Night, which is the lumberjack romance. Um, and make sure you check out the new release, Chasing You, which is the little sister trope. And also free right now is The Three of Us, which is The College Menage. That's actually a part one and part two. But the part one will be free right now, so make sure you check that out. And then enter this giveaway, which is a $50 gift card. Yeah. And then she just had a book come out called Swiped by Him. I think it was something swiped Mm -hmm. where it was he, like, actually swipes her as a date. She's waiting for a blind date. And (laughs) she's like, oh, are you my blind date? And he's like. Sure. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's an like, book. We need to get out of here. <laughs> isn't that isn't that an Aurora Rose book too? She did a book uh, like that where yes. he was like a CEO and he put oh my a tracker walk. Yes. Like okay. That thing. was such a good book. Like, that was, that was called um the wrong right guy. The wrong, yeah, that's right, because it's an audio too. I have that one in audio. It's a really that's good a one. Really okay. Good one. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay. Anyway, so we'll send you into the second installment of Our Snowy Night by Ella Good. We'll see you guys on the other side. Chapter 5 Rowan Puffs of white trail behind Charlie as she screams with laughter. I pelt her with one snowball after another until she collapses on the ground, her hands covering her face. Enough! I surrender! I drop the snow in my hands, as you should. But when I lean over to lift her to her feet, a giant block of snow is smashed into my face. She giggles with glee and wriggles out of my grip, slipping and sliding until I catch her again. I swing her into the air and then over my shoulder, giving her ass a solid thwack before moving swiftly toward the house. The chase has raised my blood pressure, and my cock can't handle much more teasing. It needs to be inside her, surrounded by her snug, hot cunt. Put me down! She yells, batting her fists against my back. When I'm ready, I reply. I don't want to go inside! She whines when she notices the direction of my feet. It's too cold to make love out here. She goes still, and the air takes on a sudden chill that has nothing to do with the weather. What? I ask, 
even though I don't want to know the answer. I thought we were having fun out here. She kicks and wiggles until I lower her to the ground. We were, and now we're going to have fun inside. I take her hand and start up the steps to the front door. When she doesn't move with me, I tense and look over my shoulder. Her happy face has grown tight. But we are more than sex, Rowan. I mean, we have to be more than sex, otherwise we won't survive. I clench my jaw. What I'm hearing her say is, she doesn't want to have sex. Or maybe fucking is fine, but it's me that's the problem. Are you seeing someone else? I spit out. All those nights that I'm working to provide for us, are you spending those with someone else? Her face grows blank, and then hard with fury. Are you serious right now? Why is she angry? I'm not the one who turned her down. I'm not the one who filed for divorce. What else am I supposed to think when you'd rather sit out here freezing your tits off than go inside and lie down by the fire and make love? It's not even that cold out here, and I wanted to spend some time with you that didn't involve us taking our clothes off. We can't spend every minute we're together naked. We have to learn how to talk to each other. I cross my arms. So talk. Who were you sleeping with? She throws her hands in the air. No one, including you. She spins on her heel and dashes into the house, slamming the door behind her. The little house shakes on impact. I could storm up the stairs and wrench the door open, which will end up in us making love, and then she'll be angry, accusing me of only wanting her for sex. I force myself down the stairs and back to the chopping block. It takes me two hours to work out my frustration and sexual energy, and by that time, I have enough wood to last us an entire winter. I carry a load into the house. The kitchen is spotless, and the small living room is clean too. I dump the firewood beside the fireplace and throw two more logs onto the dwindling flames. Charlie, I call. In the bedroom, comes the quiet response. I find her tucking in a pretty quilt with colorful patchwork. Sorry, she says, without looking up. She tosses a pillow on top of the quilt and makes a show of plumping it until it looks like a stuffed turkey. What are you sorry for? Shouting at you, I guess. I don't want to fight. I don't like that either. I reach across the bed and tilt her chin up. What's got you worked up? Why did you accuse me of cheating on you? I would never do that. There's a real wounded look in her eyes. My heart squeezes. Sorry. The thought of you with another man makes me crazed. I can't take it. You know how possessive I am. I don't even like seeing the clerk talk to you at the convenience store on the first floor of the building. I know. One side of her lip whisks up, only to fall again. Are you having an affair? No, I reply, swift and sharp. Is that why you asked for a divorce? You were my first, and you'll be my last, Charlie. It's until death do us part for me. 
When I said my vows, I meant them. You're implying that I didn't mean my vows? I rein in my temper. I know I have a fearsome one, and I need to keep it at bay. At least she's talking to me, and that's the whole point of us coming here. No divorce until we talked through the fine points. I can only judge things by your actions. Telling me you want to end our marriage? Going to a lawyer behind my back and getting papers drawn up says that you don't believe in the things you swore to. What am I supposed to think? Right. Silence falls. I wait for her to say more, but her mouth seems zipped shut. My fingers clench and unclench at my side as I contemplate reaching across the mattress and throwing her down on the bed. When she's nude and under me, there is never any talk of divorce or separation. There's only want and need. Is there any question as to why I'm constantly taking her clothes off, sliding inside her body, rotting into her until neither of us have energy to move? I raise my hand and she startles, skittering back until she's more than an arm's length away. I let my hand fall to my side. Sometimes in business, you have to take a risk to get a big reward. It feels like you're jumping off the top of a building with no safety net. But if you don't make the leap, you'll never get to the jackpot. I curl my fingers into my palm and jump. I'll give you a divorce on Christmas morning. If you do everything I say until then. No questions asked. Chapter 6 Charlie I stare at Rowan in shock, trying to get my anger under control. How can I go from laughing and having the best time with him to wanting to scream and cry in rage? Only Rowan could ever draw all these different emotions from me. I know it's because of how deeply I love him. With him, I always feel so much more. When it's great, there is nothing better in the world. When it's bad, I want to curl up in a ball and hide from the rest of the world. This was the last thing I'd ever thought I'd hear him say. It's a double-edged sword. It hits me that I never actually thought I'd follow through with this divorce. That I figured Rowan would always sideline it. I could push and say I was going to, that I'm strong enough to go through with it. But I know I'm only lying to myself. I realize now that there was no real fear when I sought out a lawyer. I could pretend to myself that I was pushing forward, give myself the illusion of control knowing he'd never let it happen. Now he's changing the game by offering me what I've been asking for. I know getting a divorce would be like losing to him, and Rowan never loses. He'll fight for things till the bitter end. It's a quality I loved in him generally until recently. I hate the idea of him staying married to me because he thinks getting out is a failure. I open and close my mouth as I try to wrap my head around everything. This has to be a trick. I must be missing something. 
Or maybe I just don't want to face the fact that he is actually willing to let us go. I don't believe you, I challenge. When have I ever lied to you? You just did! I call him out. You don't believe I'll follow through with this? He pauses for a bit. Divorce. If I wasn't so worked up, I might laugh at how much he doesn't want to say the word divorce. It's almost adorably sweet. I wasn't talking about that. I wasn't your first. I never asked Rowan about his past lovers. I didn't want to know. Not only is my husband handsome, but he's very successful, too. I've seen the way other women look at him, how they try to get his attention whenever they can. I've always wondered how I held it so easily in the past, until I started to question if I really did. I hate that. I might be a lot of things, but a liar isn't one of them. Rowan, I've met one of your past lovers. I glare at him. You know what? It doesn't matter. Forget it. You have a deal. I throw up my hands, not wanting to talk about this anymore. Truthfully, I never wanted to talk about that. About her. I just don't want him to think he got one over on me. I might be naive in a lot of things. I know that. I even counted on Rowan to keep me a bit hidden at times from things. But he's not getting off on being some saint, especially after he just accused me of cheating. I gasp when Rowan all but leaps over the bed like some lumberjack ninja. The hell? He's on me, pinning me to the bed in the blink of an eye. My body immediately heats, the same way it always does when he's near. Don't move, he orders. I will. He covers my mouth with his hand. You made your deal, wife. Nod if you understand. I glare at him, but nod. Don't move. I watch as he slips from the bed. He opens his suitcase. A moment later, he comes back with a few of his ties. Rowan? I've always wanted to tie you to the bed. Did you know that? I shake my head no. Rowan has always been a bit dominating in bed. I could sense that he was holding back, but I was unsure why. It was almost as though he was trying to hide a darker part of himself. There are so many dirty things I've wanted to do to you, but held back, he says, as he ties one hand and then the other. But now, I'm going to do every single one of them. I'm going to get my fill of you. As mad as I am at him, his dirty words already have me growing wet between my thighs. Once he's got my wrists firmly tied, he grabs my shirt, ripping it right down the center. My bra is next to go. He's pissed. Good. He's letting go of all that control and doing what he wants. Rowan. I lick my lips as my breathing grows heavy. Am I scaring you or turning you on? I'm not scared of you, Rowan. You should be. If you knew the dirty things I've wanted to do to you. He goes for my pants next. Only you. He adds, 
stripping the rest of my clothes off until I'm naked. He trails his fingers up and down the inside of my thigh. I part my legs, inviting him to give me more. I whimper when his fingers stop right as they get to my sex, then drift back down my leg. Don't tease me. You've been keeping things from me, and I don't like it. I'm going to have to change how I get information from my wife. Now tell me, who lied to you? I've only been with you, Charlie. Even if you leave me, there will only ever be you. I want to call him a liar again, but the intensity of his stare stops me. Don't make me do it, he warns as he grips my thighs and pushes them apart as he moves between my legs. Rowan, I whimper when he brushes his mouth against my clit. He lifts his head. I can see the desire in his eyes, but there's something else there too that I can't place. Charlie, he warns. I buck, trying to lift my hips. A yelp pops from my mouth when his hand slaps down on my sex. You did not just do that. I did, he says, before he does it again. The loud smack would make you think it's painful. Truthfully, it's anything but that. My clit starts to throb with need and an intensity I've never felt before. Someone lied to my wife, and I want to know who. It doesn't matter, I grit out between my teeth. You're not going to do anything. I already told you once to get rid of her, but you didn't. His eyes widen in realization of who I'm talking about. Arabella Moore. The woman was all too happy to tell me she'd been with my husband in the past, and she'd be there again when I was gone. She went around spreading stories about us. When I tried to say something to Rowan, he waved it off, as if my feelings about it didn't matter. He made sure we didn't run into her, but that wasn't enough. It started to mess with my head, that maybe they did have something at one time. It didn't help that I felt like he was pulling away, that he was hiding something from me. I'll handle it, he vows. I shake my head no. She's not the point, Rowan. My request was silly to you. I'm silly to you. Your little wife you put away and bring out when it fits you best. A darkness seems to fall over Rowan at my words. I told you not to move. Fuck me or untie me, I hiss, wondering if I've gone too far this time. Chapter 7 Rowan I'll fuck you on my own schedule. I want to hear more about this woman I've been sleeping with before you. While I'm preparing you, feel free to tell me all the details. I rip my t-shirt into strips and then wrap one piece around her pretty ankle. Seeing her laid out for me like this is messing with my head. How many times have I dreamed of doing this to her? Only her. But I need to focus. 
So much is starting to become clear in my mind now. I had no idea it had gone this deep. What the fuck did Arabella Moore say to my wife? I will end her whole fucking career. Why would I have to tell you anything? You were there. She tries to half-heartedly kick her way out of my grip, but it's not happening. Remind me again because my memory is bad. When and where? I fasten one leg to the bed. She writhes wildly with the other leg but can't escape my grip. This is turning her on. How would I know the details? She pants. I wasn't there. I slide my hands up her inner thighs until I reach her core. She's wet. Very wet. I should have tied her up before. We would have never reached this point. Neither was I, which is why I need some help remembering details. She averts her face. I don't want to talk about it. Why are you hurting me like this? I stop what I'm doing. Are the ties cutting into you? I'm talking about my heart. My heart is what hurts. I've tried to forget that you had another woman. It was before me, right? That's all that mattered. It would be unreasonable of me to expect you to have waited. You're hot and rich, and women are constantly throwing themselves at you. It's normal for you to take up a few offers before you met me. I'm not mad about that. I just hate that she's been in our home. Put her touches everywhere. Then you wouldn't get rid of her. The anguish on her face says something different than her words. It would be reasonable. I reached down and quickly untie her legs and arms. Being bound turned her on, and me too. But now's not the time for that. Or for ultimatums. She's finally opening up to me. I pull her upright and sit down on the mattress, drawing her onto my lap. I hate the idea of you with another man. I was fucking happy when I was your first. I have never touched another woman, never been inside another woman, never wanted another woman. You have my word against hers. Why are you believing her over me? It's the truth. Seeing my parents had me staying clear of anything romantic before Charlie. With her, I knew I'd go through anything to have her. She changed everything for me. Her eyes widened at my question. She'd never thought of it that way. Oh, baby. I cup her face. Why are you so ready to believe stuff that hurts you? What's going on? Tears slipped down her cheeks. I don't know. I don't really know. You're hiding something from me. Holding back. I can feel it. Maybe not her, but something. I thumb a few tears away. And when the waterworks continue, I start to kiss them away. Charlie, there's never going to be another woman for me. If you leave me, it's going to be a mess. I'll sit outside your apartment waiting for you to come out. The business will go to hell. People will lose their jobs. Families will be wrecked. The world will stop spinning. She chokes on a laugh, a watery hiccup escaping from her throat. 
the world will stop spinning? Yes. Scientists have said that if one true love is thwarted, the world stops. I know you don't want to be responsible for that. Charlie laughs again, swipes her cheeks and rests her head against my chest. You're right. I don't want to be the one responsible for ending the world. I stroke a comforting hand down her back. I don't want the divorce, Charlie. I think you know that by now. I came here and put all these conditions on you because I wanted to make the divorce as hard as possible. So hard that you gave up. I love you. I want to stay married. Can't we do that? If you want things to change, if you don't like the house, if you don't want me to work so hard, I can change those things. We'll move. I'll cut back. Tell me what you want and I'll make it happen. She stops breathing for a second. I can feel her still under my hand. Then she lets out a deep sigh. All right, Rowan. You win. She lifts her head and cups my face. I'll set aside the divorce. I win? That's not what I want, though. But she fits her mouth to mine, and I can't think anymore. This is the first time in a while that she's initiated lovemaking. Words and explanations and questions can come later. I kiss her back, angling her head so I can dive deeper into her mouth. She swings around on my lap so that her sex is pressed against my hard cock. Her hands go to work on my zipper. I cup her ass and rise up so she can pull my jeans down far enough to extract my shaft. Her warm, soft hands around my dick make me groan. I'm feverish with want and need. Put me inside you. It's an order. A plea. She positions herself above the shaft head and slides down slowly, enveloping me in a hot, wet vice. My eyeballs roll back in my head. She begins to ride me slowly. I let her set the pace, letting my hands rove all over her bare skin, kissing her deeply trying to show her with my body that I'm following her lead. Her back tightens under my hold, and her thighs quiver around mine. Pleasure sinks into every pore, wiping away my doubts and filling me with an overload of sensations. The friction she's creating with every clutch and slide of her cunt around my erection makes me dizzy. Dig my hands into her ass and pull her close. She grows frantic. Her movements become fractured, wild. She can't control her reaction, and I don't want her to. Her pussy convulses, and her cum covers my cock and spreads along my thighs. I pull her off and toss her onto the bed. What? She starts to ask, but I answer her with my mouth on her sex. When our clothes are off and our defenses are down, when all we are doing is feeling, we are one. I can't give that up, not yet.
I flatten my tongue and drink down her essence. Her core is wicked hot and sticky. I eat it all, filling my lungs with her scent and flavor until she's thrashing on the bed. Mouth and heart full, I strip off all my clothes and plunge into her. She throws her head back and screams as her third orgasm catapults her back into the plane of ecstasy. I let myself go this time. You'll never leave me, I vow, thrusting so deep into her that I can feel her womb against my cockhead. I'll never let you go. Chapter 8 Charlie Let me sit. I bat Rowan's hand away from trying to help me. He doesn't look like he wants to listen to me. He's fighting himself. He does that far too much for my liking, and it's time for that to change if he wants to do more than put the divorce papers away. Sit, I say again with more force this time. I enjoy taking care of you, Rowan. I've missed doing it, I admit. He relaxes, taking a step back. If you didn't, you'd tell me, right? He asks, putting those kid gloves back on. I enjoy them at times, especially when he's trying to protect me from the world. But I don't want him to don them in every aspect of our lives. I do know he enjoys taking care of me the same way I do doting on him. Yes, I've learned my lesson. I need to be clearer in the things I say and want. I need to speak up more. I finish putting the cookies onto the plate. Start us a fire. We never got a tree, he points out, as he goes over and does as I ask him. Tomorrow. It might be fun to put the tree up on Christmas. The last holiday season hadn't been our best one, so the thought of us having this one together gives me hope for our future. It's nice being disconnected from the world, Rowan says. It is. I bring the plate over to the coffee table. Hot chocolate? If you're having some. I return to the kitchen and make us both a cup. He comes to take them over to the sofa for me. I grab a throw blanket for us. Even after my orgasm-induced nap, I'm still a bit worn out. Cuddling in front of the fire sounds perfect, especially with the snowstorm raging outside. I want to get everything out in the open, Rowan. I don't want there to be these unspoken things between us anymore. I want that too. He pulls me to sit in his lap. This last year has been hell. I know. I'm sorry. It just really hurt when I told you I didn't want anything to do with that girl. And well, I take a deep breath. You didn't do anything about it. I let the words I've wanted to say for so long slip past my lips. Sweetheart. Rowan? I cut him off. The last thing I want to hear is excuses. I get it. I might have been a bit extreme, but I'd felt as though he was disregarding my feelings. 
He didn't get it because he knew he wanted nothing to do with the woman. He didn't return her feelings in any way. But I know if it had been a man who had come on to me, he would have been long gone. It wouldn't have mattered if they were under someone else's contract or not. Please don't. She's gone. I should have made it happen then. I get it now. You never ask for anything, really. Before this, I can't remember a time when you were so upset. I vowed to take care of you, and I fucked up. I made a mistake. I underestimated how much it hurt you, and it was stupid on my part. Like I said, you never ask for much. I should have known. I've waited so long for him to say those words to me. My eyes fill with tears. I'm sorry, too. I know it's my past. When I met you, I felt heard for the first time in my life. You never dismissed me. And I think in that moment when that happened, I freaked out. It's not all on you. If I'm being honest with myself, I have to admit that I bear some of the blame. I could have easily spoken up and told him how I felt instead of holding all of those feelings inside. That him not doing more made me feel second in his life. But once I went down that path, I couldn't seem to find my way back. Then he was giving me space like I'd asked, and I hated it. I let my insecurities grow in my mind. You're being too kind. You always are. One of the million reasons I fell in love with you. He pulls me in closer to him. I'll do better. But no, I've never stopped loving you, Charlie. And I never will. But we're not going to make it if we can't be honest with one another. Or if we hold back. I add with a challenge. I never want to hurt or scare you. You don't scare me. I shift to straddle him. What scares me is when you pull away. That didn't help with any of this. I honestly thought if I pulled back from you and threatened you with a lawyer, you'd come bulldozing your way back to me. It shocked me when you gave me space. He closes his eyes for a long second. It scared me. The things I wanted to do when you told me you wanted a divorce. Hell, some of the fantasies I'd had even before then I was worried would send you running. What did you want to do? I can already feel Rowan's cock thickening under my ass. Kidnap you away. Tie you to my bed. Hell, those nights I've been sneaking into your bedroom and seducing you to be with me, I've been praying to get you pregnant. I know it's crazy, but I knew you'd never be free of me then. His possessive words have an ache forming between my thighs. I've fantasized about that. I lick my lips. It's why I was so shocked when you'd asked for that deal in the bedroom. I kept thinking you'd snap. Tell me I wasn't going anywhere. When you asked me to come here, I thought maybe. I was going to take back what is mine. He grips my hips. Did you like being tied to the bed? Or how about when I smacked your pussy? I nod my head, yes. I've 
always loved when you take control, Rowan. I rather enjoy the bubble you put me in to protect me and keep me all to yourself. I like being there, I admit. I'm sure a therapist would tell me it's unhealthy, but I don't give a crap. I know what I want, and I have a pretty good idea of what my husband wants. It's one and the same. You might want to be careful what you ask for, wife, he warns. That only turns me on even more. I'll be happy where you put me, as long as I'm always number one to you. That you don't hold back when it comes to us. I want all of it. When you hold back, I feel it here. I put my hand over his heart. You are number one to me, Charlie. Always. None of this other shit matters without you. You want all of me, you'll have all of it. He stands with me in his arms, carrying me toward the bedroom, where he strips us both down to nothing. There will never be anything between us again, he vows. Now get on the bed, wife. I'm going to give you everything you asked for, and so much more. Chapter 9 Rowan on your knees. Immediately, she moves into position. I don't even need to ask her to put her hands behind her back. She places them, back of the hand to palm, right at the base of her spine. Blood rushes downward as I stare at her bent head, her folded legs, the prim positioning of her hands. She wants this as much as I do. Head up, babe. I want you to see what I'm doing. I snap the hemp rope between my hands. I'm going to tie your wrists, because when you get aroused, you can't keep your hands to yourself. The rope will loop around your waist and between your ass cheeks. When you shift, the rope will tighten and rub against your pussy. Once you're bound, you will sit on my lap while I suck your tits, but you can't come. Why can't I come? She shakes her ass, bouncing her unbound hands lightly. Because the longer you can last, the sweeter the release will be. I wrap the rope around her wrists and then her waist. She moans when the hemp makes contact with her sex. Her lips are swollen and the rope grows damp. I pull the binding tight until it's slightly uncomfortable so that Charlie is forced to squirm and wriggle to find relief. But each movement only intensifies her ache. I draw her onto my lap and onto my shaft, so that the rope and her pussy are in direct contact with my sensitive skin. I grip her breasts, taking one into my mouth and massaging the other. I kiss her skin and lick her nipples, bringing her to the edge and then pulling her back. She arches toward me, but I tip her backward, making sure that she doesn't have any balance. Her only stability is my hand on the rope, my mouth on her body. Her cunt convulses over my cock, firing my need. I'm hungry for her. I devour her tits, 
her shoulders, her neck, her ears. I eat at her lips, then shower kisses on her eyes and cheeks and jaw. I pull at that rope, rocking her back and forth. And when it feels like she's about to explode, I stop. I bring her to the edge again and again until her cheeks are wet with her desire and my cock is soaked with her need. You want my cock? Nod if you want me. Her head bobs. I tug on the knot and the rope falls away. Surprise colors her face. How? Years of calving, darling. I want to tie you up, she declares. I laugh softly. We'll see. I swing her around, ass up, elbows down. Her forbidden pink hole flares exotically. I lick my thumb and circle the puckered skin. She shudders under my touch. One of these days, I'm going to take you here. Her response is to wiggle her ass. I hear a lot of talk back there, but I don't feel any action. That earns her a whack across one round cheek. She yelps and tries to scoot away. I haul her back. Brace yourself, I warn. And then drive my cock into her sopping pussy in one swift, hard motion. She comes immediately. Her pussy convulses. Tiny tremors sending shockwaves against my sensitive tissues. Her swollen lips stretch to their limit as she is forced to accommodate my girth. I hammer into her, slapping her ass, squeezing her tits. She keeps orgasming, one after the other. Floods of her pleasure drenching my groin and thighs. I grab her hair and twist her up and around so I can claim her mouth. Our tongues parry in an exotic duel. My cock is a column of steel, driving into her fast and hard. I am hardly more than an animal at this moment, reduced to chasing down that fiery sensation of total oblivion. I wrench my mouth away. Say you're mine, Charlie. I can't come until you say you're mine. I'm yours, she cries. Say you belong to me, I demand. I belong to you. I love you, Rowan. I'm yours. Always. Always. The climax hits me like a fist to the head. My vision blurs and a dull roar fills my head. I come, spurting streams of fluid inside her cunt. Her back bows as my hot fluid pours out and sets off another climactic response. This is a new beginning, the first day of an adventure for the two of us. She's not afraid of me. There's nothing I want that will scare her. I love you, Charlie. I love you. I chant those words over and over, even after I'm spent, after her shudders turn to small shudders. I slip out of her and draw her into my arms stroking my hands over her shoulders and down her slender back. She gulps at the air, trying to find her breath. 
Her forehead burrows into my neck as she allows me to soothe her. I think we should keep this place, I say after a while when we're both settled under the covers. The snow is falling outside, the bright moonlight making the flakes sparkle like tiny crystals. And build a new house? No, I want to keep it like this, uncluttered and simple. When things are going crazy, we can escape here, just the two of us. I can tie you up and tease you for hours. No one out here can hear you scream. A sadistic grin spreads across my face. I have things I want to do to you that need proper planning. She giggles. I think I'm up to it. I know you are, baby. That's why this is going to work for us. We were meant to be together. There was a small speed bump, but we're over that. Smooth sailing from here on out? Nothing we can't solve together. I tilt her head up. We're partners, you and me. As long as we stick to each other, our waters won't capsize us. I appreciate you adopting the ocean metaphor. Always happy to oblige you. Her giggles turn to laughter. And I know it's more than just her finding me funny, but her being filled with joy. I know, because I'm feeling the same awesome sensation. Inside this cabin, we let ourselves go and found our true love once again. Chapter 10 Charlie I sit up, holding the blanket to my chest, wondering where Rowan went. Hell, I'm not even sure what day it is at this point. It should be Christmas, but who knows? Everything has been a bit of a sexy blur. We made love, then we snuggled in bed and talked for hours. Now that everything was out in the open between us, we had so much to catch up on. The only time we left was to get food, which we brought back to the bed. I feel closer to Rowan than I've ever felt, including before everything went to hell. There is nothing between us now. No hidden desires or need to walk on eggshells. Rowan was worried that he might be too much for me to handle, but now that he knows that's not the case, he has an ease about him. It's silly, really, to think we could have had this all along, but we'd both let things from our past cloud our minds. We might not have had past lovers, but we still had baggage. We know now that we both need to be clear in the things we want, because the reality is, we both have deep needs to please the other. Not to mention, I crave every dirty thing my husband wants to do to me, even his over-the-top jealousy. I kind of understand a bit better why he was so confused about Arabella. To him, it's crazy for me or anyone else to think he wants another. In fact, he worries more over how much he wants me. His fear is that he'll scare me away with his intensity. My fear is being lost or forgotten. Having grown up in such a large family, 
I understand how that can easily happen. It's crazy how you might not have past lovers, but things from your childhood can still drag over to mess with you. When I hear the front door open, I jump from the bed, laughing when I see that Rowan puts socks on my feet. It's the only thing I actually have on. My toes always get cold. I snatch his shirt from off the floor and slip it on to go find out what he's up to. Sorry, sweetheart, Rowan says as he kicks the door shut behind him. A Christmas tree lays at his feet. I know you wanted to come get it with me, but the storm was rough, and it was getting late. I pretty much grabbed the first one I found. I didn't want you to not have a tree on Christmas. I love it, Rowan. It's perfect. I walk over, helping him out of his coat. You want some coffee? I was going to bring you breakfast in bed. You're a terrible cook, I laugh. Leave the cooking to me. He slips his cold hand under my shirt, grabbing my ass. I try to wiggle away, but get nowhere. Watch it. He gives my ass a squeeze before he releases me. I'll put the tree up then. Make me some food, woman. I laugh, scurrying off toward the kitchen to get breakfast going. With how the sun seems to be setting, I'm wondering if dinner would be more fitting. I put on some coffee and decide to make a French toast casserole. I slip it into the oven. It should give us time to decorate the tree. I miss doing these small things together. I don't think I could bear you going back to work so much. I won't be. He hands me an ornament to put on the tree. I worked to give you space, even in the beginning. I recall you telling me I better get back to work. I thought I was too overbearing. I made you quit your jobs. I hated my jobs, and you knew it. I wanted you home. I loved being home, Rowan. Don't have yourself believing anything other than that. It was nice being taken care of. I felt like you were taking care of me. We take care of each other in our own ways. People might think it's old school, but fuck them. Rowan finishes for me. Yeah, fuck them, I agree, walking over to him. I grab his hand and pull him to the sofa, dropping down into his lap. Rowan, I remember that. Me telling you that you better get back to work? I thought you were staying home so much because you worried over me after you had me quit work. I didn't want you staying around because you felt like you had to. I wanted to be there. He strokes my jaw with his thumb. I've always loved the feel of his rough fingers on my skin. We're so stupid. I laugh. What we are is madly in love. Our problems are fixable and our only problems because we love each other so much. I do love you, more than anything in this whole world. That's good, because there's no getting rid of me. It's you and me for eternity. And maybe a few little ones added in there, I add. Rowan brushes a few hairs out of my face. You still want that, right? To have a family? Pretty sure I admitted that I was hoping I knocked you up so you'd be stuck with me. He smirks, not the least bit ashamed of that anymore, as if that mattered. 
I laugh. His face grows serious. I want it all with you. A little girl with your eyes and heart. This man melts my insides. I think I'm pregnant, I blurt out. I haven't had a period since the last time you snuck into my room. That was four months ago. I nod. My period comes like clockwork, usually. I've always kept track of my periods because I don't take birth control. It makes me sick. Since the day we got married, I've kept track of them knowing it was only a matter of time. I didn't think it would take this long, but really? The timing couldn't be more perfect. Happiness lights up his handsome face. Fuck. I've been rough with you. Don't even start. You've been perfect with me, Rowan. I don't think we have to worry about your kinks until I'm further along, but we'll check with a doctor when we get back to town. They're your kinks, too. Don't put that on me. I'm an innocent little angel here. Your wet cunt betrays you. He slips his hand between my thighs. I'll have to keep track of how many spankings I'll owe you next Christmas. I let out a squeak when he gives my sex a light smack. Look how soaked you are for me. Not my fault. You've made my body crave these dirty things. To crave me? His finger slips through my folds, playing with my clit. I've always done that, husband. I say with a moan, my head dropping back. Always such a good girl. He thrusts a finger inside of me. Good girls do get rewards, you know. He nips at my neck. I've got everything I could ever want. As long as you never let me go. Never. He vows. The last two years might have been rough, but I know we'll last forever. We both are willing to fight for each other. Being young and in love comes with challenges, but I know now, no matter what life may throw our way, Rowan and I will handle it together. Nothing will ever stand in our way again. Not even us. I don't care what anyone says. Love is always enough. Want epilogues to Rowan and Charlie's story? Grab the ebook now. Welcome back. Welcome back, lady listeners. Thanks so much to Elegant for being with us this week. We loved having this book. Um, our snowy night, it was so much fun. And it like we were talking about earlier, now we need all the Christmas romances. <laughs> Even though it's the end of October. Um, up next week, we have Gemma Weir with a little more obsession, which I love the title of that alone. I do too. I mean, it's so good. So it um, actually looks like it has a companion book with it if you want to get on top of it. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, check out Gemma Weir and we'll have it on the Read Me Romance website. You can go to it and see um, audiobooks and hit upcoming and she'll have all the stuff there. Yep. So, go check it out. All right. Tell them what's do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. 
Sit back, relax, and unwind and read me romance. Read, read me romance. 